This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Josh McDaniels was on center stage at the Combine earlier today in Indianapolis. Of course, that continues to go on. There's a lot of coverage coming out of Indianapolis. Vinny Bonsignor from In the Huddle, he is there. There's plenty from the RJ, including Adam Hill, Cassie Soto, and others there representing the city of Las Vegas there in Indianapolis. So we're getting a lot of sound, a lot of uh, different reports coming out of Indianapolis, and I'm uh, very excited about that. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon Cotton, behind the wheels of steel, and your boy Q here with you for the next couple hours. Going to navigate you through the afternoon. Of course, we want to hear th- from you throughout the course of the show. 702-365-9200 and Salmon Ash text line, always wide open like some old school TV antennas. 69187. The keyword is R&R. If you're trying to text in, all you got to do is use 69187 as basically the phone number. R&R, those letters, R-N-R, in the message, and then boom, a space and whatever you want to say. If you want to say that, Damon, I don't like your shirt today, or Q, I don't like what you're talking about, or whatever you want to say. I Why almost, would they text in about my shirt? Well, because I was, and this is a real story, and this is my fault. I'm glad you called me out on that. That's that's cool. You got me. I was gonna. I was actually playing off of that commercial that we heard right before the right before the show started. That I thought was kind of a silly commercial, where it was talking about what we learned at school and all that other stuff. And it was like, oh, it was a PSA about. I get it. I know, but man, it's like, come on, toughen up. Like whatever. But that's a whole other conversation. We know who you were in school. That's all. That's all I need to hear. Hey, look, dude, I was the motivator in school. I was the motivator. I was the guy that motivated everyone to be better around me. I'm trying to tell you, including myself. That's who I was. I always encouraged people in my own way to get better, you know, in my own way. Now I'll say, I, I will say one point before we, before we move on to something that we really want to talk about. Remember those episodes of Jerry Springer where it's, remember, remember Jerry Springer back in the day, or maybe it was Maury. Of course. No, I remember both You remember shows. Jerry? Okay. For me, it was funny because it was Jerry, Jerry Springer and it would be some episode where the lady comes out and was like, I was the ugly duckling in school and look at me now. And then there was like one person that she'd call out from high school. Remember you used to pick on me all the time in school. Look at me now. And it's like, she wanted the person to come out and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I always sat there and watched that show. It was like. He did you a favor. He motivated you to keep it pushing, and you did. Great. Con- congratulations. That's what I got from that commercial. I don't think that that's the, uh, the moral of the story there. I think it is. Everybody's supposed to use whatever they can for motivation. You use things in your life for motivation. I use things in my life for motivation. That's fi- fair. That's fine. It's not a big deal. No, no. Sounds like you was out here checking people for no reason. No, I wasn't. Boy, I know you ain't got you. I made you stronger, though. <laughs> See him at the reunion? Every day you make fun of my shoes, but you got some good ones on now, don't you? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, was, it was just friendly. I was trying to help motivate them in the most friendly possible way ever. I was a short dude in school. I was like you. I was short when I was in school. I was. They didn't even, look, without saying it on the air because that would be an FCC violation, they didn't even call me a racial slur. They called me a racial slur with let on the end of it. Like, I wasn't even the full racial slur. I, <laughs> that's how short I was. I was a part of the racial slur, if you understand what I'm saying. If you know, you know the word I'm looking for and then put let on the end of it. That's what they called me in school when I was, I think, a, a freshman and a sophomore. My junior year, I grew a little bit, so I was all good. But the first two years... I was a short dude. So they, you know, they made fun of me, but it was in a cool way. Like, I didn't have no problem with that. What do you mean in a cool way? They just said, they, well, you heard what they called me. So in a cool way? I mean, it was, but it was cool. It wasn't like offensive. It was just like, hey, that's, that's my little. Nah, man. Oh, man. See, you're too sensitive, man. It ain't sensitive. It, wanna... it wasn't like they were trying to be like racially insensitive. It was just like, we were just the homies. Like it was the, it was, it was my friends. I, man, I it's don't before know. it's before it really, you know, like, hey, you can't do that now. I don't know. I don't like Which nobody. Which you probably shouldn't have been able to do it then. But I don't we, like nobody insulting me, to be honest. It wasn't an insult. It was just a nickname, you know. Just it's like you're. It's like me calling you little dude. Just in a racially motivated way. That, like it'd be like if somebody like yo, breath stinks so bad. We gonna call you doodle breath. Yeah. Like I you wouldn't. didn't have a friend named Stank Breath. <laughs> you didn't. Have, come on, dog. We all had a friend named Stank Breath. 
You didn't have that guy. But you saying it like you would be proud yeah, on doo-doo breath. Right, that's, like you like well, signing autographs, your doo-doo breath. Yeah. That's who you were. Everyone had a role. Everyone played a role. And everyone knew. Like if your breath stank, you knew it did. You did, right? Every, I mean, there's one of those things you can't deny. It's like I was short. I knew I was short. I was okay with that. I had a lot of confidence, though. My confidence made me about 6'8". My height made me about 4'11". <laughs> so it was cool, though. It's all good. So when I was talking about your shirt, it was because of the commercial that we heard before the show started that I thought was kind of funny. So <laughs> I guess it lets you know where my humor lies. Exactly. So, And if you <laughs> want to text in about the show, feel free. But most of y'all have not seen what I'm wearing today. No, he's got a nice blue shirt on. It is. It's a nice blue shirt. I mean, DeMond looks very, you look very uh, professional today. Came in early. You did. Fresh out the gym. I know. In the workout attire. Yep. Made sure I had the McDaniels press conference cut up. And we're going to use that in just a few minutes. Went home, took a shower, and now I came back looking like I'm ready to work. You're looking like a million bucks, man. And we appreciate you. Now all you got to do is tidy up that haircut and you'll be all right. I'm growing the fro out, man. Oh, are you? Yeah. Okay, okay. How far is it going to go? Ooh, that's a tough one. Me and the barber were talking. We might do a little design around April, May. A design and a fro? Yeah, it might get a little color going in there. We don't oh, know, man. Oh man, look, come on, man. Yeah, you haven't worked. You haven't worked with a colored hair. I've, come on. I've seen. No, I've seen it before. Yeah, I've but seen, you, haven't, you haven't like seen it every day. I'll, I'll stay home for that week. I got the <laughs> I got the radio equipment at the house. I don't need to come in. If you're gonna color your hair, man, I don't need to see Dennis Rodman on the daily. But I, I do appreciate your efforts and you getting in here early today really made the show. It's going to make the show that much better. So I do appreciate all the efforts that you you give on the daily. Coming up on the show today, you know, we'll have a live check-in from the Combine in Indianapolis. Brandon from KOA Colorado. He joined us yesterday. He's going to join us every single day. Today, tomorrow, Friday, he's going to check in with us at 225 to let us know what's going on in the Combine today. I know there's a lot of quarterback conversation. I know there's a lot of wide receiver conversation, and that's really where I want to focus in on when it comes to Brandon. I want to talk about not only with Josh McDaniels, and we'll hear from him in a little bit. We kind of already know what he had to say, but we'll, we'll go back through it. I want to focus in on the, uh, on the wide receivers. Because I'm from the I'm from the group, and you, and look, correct me if I'm wrong, or if you feel another way, that's fine. I'm in that certain category. If you're not going to get a big fish, go get one out of the draft. If you're not going to get the best of the best, just go get one out of the draft. You know, and you might go get a big fish and still get a wide receiver out of the draft. But I've heard a lot of people telling me, you know, hey, go get DJ Chark and go get this guy, that guy, or the other. Look, if it ain't Devontae Adams and it's not Allen Robinson, then as far as I'm concerned, just go into the draft. You don't need to get more Nelly Aguilar's. No disrespect. You don't need to go get more Tyrell Williams. You don't need to go get more John Browns. You don't need to go get more guys that are just good. Get guys that are going to put your team over the top. That's just where I'm coming from. And my perfect example for that is that there is a, there's a, a piece out right now on NFL.com. You know, it's that time of year where they write a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of stories and free agencies coming around the corner. Mark Sessler from uh, NFL.com, he put out a piece that said, a free agent, one free agent signing by every AFC team. So, of course, that intrigued me. So I scrolled down to the Raiders. And who did he have penciled in there as the signing? Wide receiver Michael Gallup. Good wide receiver. He's not great. Coming off a torn ACL. Is that going to push the needle for you? Michael Gallup, does that push the needle for you? Like, if I told you, Damon, the Raiders came out of free agency with Michael Gallup, that was their wide receiver that they went and got free agent. Would that push the needle for you and you think that the Raiders are taking it to the next level? Not in the slightest. Uh, exactly. Michael Gallup in 2021 played nine games, had 35 catches, 445 yards, and two touchdowns towards ACL. Mark Sessler in the article says he could take the place of Henry Ruggs. No, he can't. Henry Ruggs, through seven games, had 24 catches, 469 yards, and two touchdowns. So he had less catches and more yards. Those are not the two same type of guys. You know what I mean? Like, they're not the same guys. Michael Gallup's not a guy who's just going to take the, the top off of defense. He's not that dude. Henry Ruggs needed less receptions to get more yards because it was, he was getting 24 yards a catch. Michael Gallup was getting about 15. And then are they going to bring in the team's third option and try to make him a number one? And, that's, and thank you. And that's what they've done. Look at Tyrell Williams. He was the Chargers, what, third or fourth option? Oh, he could be a good number two to Antonio Brown. And I fell for it. I was like, oh, yeah. He hasn't had a chance to shine yet. He hasn't had that chance, that opportunity. Okay, look, if you're not going to go get a true number one, just get somebody in the draft. 
Get someone who you feel like could be a true number one or a guy that could take the top off of defense in the draft. Like if a Chris Olave is there, go get that guy if he's available, if that's what you need. If you're not going to go get Devontae Adams or Allen Robinson, who I think are the best two wide receivers that are available in free agency, if you don't, and, and look, neither one of us is actually available right now. You know, I'm just talking, I'm actually putting the cart before the horse. I'm talking, and we don't even know if they're available. Devontae Adams doesn't look like he's going anywhere. But we all know if he were available, he'd be the best one. No doubt. It's clear. It's easy. So that's me. So I would love to hear from you. Do you want, would you rather get a wide receiver that you expect to be a big-time player in the draft? Or would you want to go get a guy like a Michael Gallup? Or, like I said, a DJ Chark? Or, you know, I've seen people talk about Christian Kirk. No thanks. Christian Kirk was nice at Texas A&M. You know, I know uh, Andy Isabella is out there looking for a, a trade partner right now from the Cardinals. You know why he's looking for him? Because they don't want him. I'd rather have Hunter Renfro over Andy Isabella any day. Just saying. So what are your thoughts on the wide receiver position? That's one question I have for you. And that's one. And, and the wide receiver position is what we'll really focus in on when we talk to Brandon coming up around 225. Uh, Matt Holder from silverandblackpride.com. He'll join us in the second hour about 3.30 to talk all things the trenches when it comes to the draft. Offensive line and defensive line, I want to focus in on those. I like to get focused. If we're going to have so much conversation about the combine and the draft, let's narrow it down. Let's get focused. Let's not scatter shoot because we could do that every single day and it just sounds like we're just scatter shooting and we're kind of all over the place. We're all over the place enough on this show. We don't need to be all over the place with our guests. So we're going to focus in on the offensive line and the defensive line. We'll do that with Matt Holder from silverandblackpride.com coming up at 3.30. With all that being said, uh, got that one question I threw out there about the wide receiver position. What are your thoughts on Michael Gallup to the Raiders as a veteran free agent or somebody to that caliber as opposed to a number one, a true number one, like a Devontae Adams or Allen Robinson? In my opinion, just my opinion, but I'd love to hear from you. Would you rather would you want to go in that direction or would you rather just go get a true number one or a guy in the draft? The other question I have for you, since Dave, since uh, not Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels talked to the media today, and it's been about a month since he's been hired by the Silver and Black. How has your mind changed, good or bad, when it comes to Josh McDaniels? You've seen the staff he's put together. Kind of have an idea. He's talked a few times. You've been able to hear from him. How are you feeling? Everyone has a knee-jerk reaction. How are you feeling a month later with the Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, Champ Kelly, higher, along with all the rest of the staff that they have there with the Raiders. So those are the two questions that I have for you uh, on the show. Now, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So, Josh McDaniels talked to the media earlier today, and there was a lot of good stuff. There was a lot of stuff to come from that. Um, it was about, I'd say, about 13 or 14 minutes. Uh, there was a little bit of a hiccup on it when it was playing live. Uh, it kind of got, got caught up, and their, their uh, you know, transmission wasn't that great. But we were able to get uh, a lot of the audio, a lot of the good stuff. So I wanted to play a couple sound bites uh, from that. And I want to start off with one that he didn't even talk to the media in general. He actually talked to NFL Network. And unfortunately, we're not there to do our show live in Indy if we were. He would have been talking to us. But NFL Network asked him straight up, because there's been a lot of conversation about Derek Carr. Is he going to be the quarterback? Is he going to get traded? Are they going to give him a contract extension? They were. They asked him basically straight up, will Derek Carr be under center week one? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt, uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, I, I really am excited about this opportunity to work together. Um, I know what he's done, and and I, and I know what we might be able to do going forward together. And that's what really excites me. Uh, looking forward to, to building that process uh, as we go into April, May, June, July, uh, and continue to grow together. Uh, it's really an important relationship. The head coach, the quarterback, the play caller, the quarterback. Um, there's got to be a synergy there. And I believe that, that we're on our way to doing that. So there's Josh McDaniels right there. It's an NFL Network in. I don't want to say the question caught him off guard, but I mean, it sounded like when he started to answer, DeMond, and you're laughing already, it almost felt like it caught him off guard when he said, sure, uh, absolutely. Let me just play like that first three seconds again. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
There's no doubt. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was stumped. I, I there's a little doubt there. Just a little bit. Okay, so sure. I, yeah, yeah, of course. No yeah, doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 Each yeah. answer was like a little bit more sure than the next right. one. Right. So you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be there tonight, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, absolutely. No yeah, doubt about yeah, it. No doubt about it. You know I'm gonna be there. Darn tootin' now. I'm boy. always yeah. gonna be there, man. Uh, Demond's no not here. <laughs> Can't find him. So I don't want to say that that was a absolute 100 percent boom. Derek Carr will be under center, but that's about as as much as you're gonna get from a head coach. Hold on, but if it's Josh McDaniels, what more do you want from him? He Look, said it all. He sure, said, yeah, he said no all. It. He said all he needed to say. That is definitive as it gets. Because, well, the one thing about it is he's gonna say it, and he's gonna leave a little bit of an opening. And I'm not saying he did this on purpose. But you've got to leave a little bit of opening just in case there's a team out there that's like, man, we've got to go and find a way to get Derek Carr. You know what I mean? So maybe he'd be available, and so a team calls. I don't think he's going anywhere. I've said it a thousand times. I'm like 97% sure he's going to be under center week one. And I think that that answer sounded like Josh McDaniels was about 97%. Hey, that's a good percentage. I mean, hell Carson Wentz would be praying for 97% <laughs> in anything. <to> be back. <laughs> in anything. <laughs> in anything. Carson Wentz, if he had 97% anything, he'd be happy about that. He's got his own issues. So I think I, I think that that's is about as close to, yes, he's going to be under center as you're going to get. Now, I had a couple more sound bites that I wanted to, wanted to play for you, and you could react to them as well. And I know we got ABA Ivan Davis waiting for us. We'll get to you on the Raider Nation listener line in a quick minute. Alex Leatherwood has been a conversation piece for a lot of people, including myself. The Raiders drafted him to be a right tackle. Kicked in the guard. I think that's exactly where he should stay. I asked that to Daniel Jeremiah the other day. He said he should stay there at guard. I think anyone who will listen and anyone who's thought about it for a minute thinks that he should stay there at guard. What does Josh McDaniels think about the former first-round pick, Alex Leatherwood? Playing as many games as he did as a rookie, um, there's good and there's bad. Uh, but when you're that young, uh, you look at it as what, what, can we, what, what can we work with, what can we fix? Uh, there's a lot to do uh, in that process. Uh, I've already spoken to him. Um, that process is underway. And I think what we'll end up doing is whatever's best for the Raiders, you know, he's shown the ability that to play, you know, in both spots. Um, you know, more guard last year than tackle, but um, we see him being a contributor. Uh, we see him being a guy that we're really excited to work with. Uh, we're going to try to get the most out of him. So there's Josh McDaniels on Alex Leatherwood. And I'll tell you right now, that, that's, that conversation is more intriguing to me than if Derek Carr is going to be under center or not. I feel, I, I'm serious, because I feel like there's, it's, it's way closer to, there's no doubt about it that he's going to be under center than he's not, right? And Alex Leatherwood, I think there's a real question. Uh, I think that the smart business move would be to keep him at guard. But look, Josh McDaniels has no ties to Leatherwood. Dave Ziegler has no ties to Leatherwood. There's no guaranteeing that he's going to be there. I, now, I think he will. I, you know, that just you don't give up on a first-round pick that easy. No, I'm not saying you do. But I'm saying they have no ties. So they can let him go out there and compete in training camp. What if he doesn't, what if he doesn't make it? You heard him say, hey, man, there's a lot to clean up. There's a lot of work to do. There was some good and there was some bad. There was a lot of bad. Let's be honest about it. Let's be brutally honest about it. There was a lot of bad when it came to Alex Leatherwood his rookie year. A lot of penalties. A lot of times he just was just embarrassed. You know, the, the edge rusher got past him quick, fast, in a hurry. I mean, there's, there's a lot to clean up. You know, they have a new offensive line coach. It's going to be a new philosophy. He showed at Alabama that he can play multiple roles, which is a good thing. I think that's a, a benefit to him. But I think that we could all agree he's got a lot to clean up. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be gone at all. I mean, I think his contract alone will make sure he's on the roster. But I think that it's, it's an open competition. I mean, it really is. And you know what? It should be. It should be an open competition. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Let's talk to our guy, ABA Ivan Davis. What's on your mind, brother? Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for taking my call. What's up, DeMar? What's going on? Nothing much, man. Uh, real quick, because you gave me two questions. Okay, uh, the first one is wide receiver. That was kind of tricky for me because I don't look at sp – speed is important – but feet is more important than speed. Hunter Riffle proved that. Okay, so I, if I'm judging a wide receiver, I'm looking at his feet, and then I look at his speed and try to get the person with, who has the best feet and the best combination of speed and, and, uh, and speed. So it's a good feet and maybe 4-4 four, four would, would, would be good. Uh, Jerry Rice and Tim Brown proved that at the end of their career. They weren't fast anymore, but they had amazing feet. 
when you have amazing feet, you end up being Cliff Branch. If you watch a lot of Branch's moves, he would beat you with his feet, and then he was wide open because you couldn't, you, you would never be able to catch him. He was, that's how he was unguardable. And as far as the coaching staff, um, I believe that, like you said earlier, that he came there because of Derek Carr. I'm not saying that he's Tom Brady, so don't before I make this statement. But he has a lot of Tom Brady traits. I mean, he looked at Aguilar. I, I think Derek Carr was the reason why Aguilar showed up there. Hey, we got a quarterback with a big arm and accurate. We can do the same thing that Carr was able to do for him. And so, but I guarantee you, as a coach, when you do your breakdown, you know, on a team. Okay, you evaluate all the positions. The first thing they said it was Carr doesn't have any talent. We can beat the Raiders because Carr just doesn't have enough weapons around him, and he doesn't have a good offensive line, and so he's not going to be successful. What would happen if you put enough talent around him? I think that's what the Patriots are going to do. What does it look like if we put enough talent around Derek Carr? We can take a team to the playoffs that was hosh-posh. What can he do with a, a real team and a real offense, offensive coordinator who, who's top five? And uh, that's why I think he's so intriguing. All right. Thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. A lot of good stuff right there. And uh, it's going to be interesting. It really is. You know, and uh, I I just want to see how everything shakes out. Uh, I do believe that Josh McDaniels likes Derek Carr a lot. And I think that, I mean, my gut feeling tells me he's going to get a a contract extension sooner rather than later. Josh McDaniels didn't have anything to say about that today. You know, hey, there's nothing more to report. There's been no conversations on it. So until it actually happens, there's going to obviously be a little bit of, uh, you know, speculation and, and no one's really going to know. But, again, my gut feeling tells me that he will be there. Uh, we got a tweet, or I got a tweet from uh, Jack, and I do appreciate it, Jack, uh, saying that Dave Ziegler said the same thing about Carr, that absolutely he's going to be under center week one. So I think it's about as close as you can get to being a, as a matter of fact without being in a matter of fact because you never know between now and then what could possibly happen, what a team could offer you, what a team could come at you with. You just never know what, what could end up happening that would make you change your mind and say, hey, I'm going to do something else. Uh, that, I believe, is a strong possibility. Uh, let's go back out. we got a couple more minutes before we get to our guy, Brandon, uh, on the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. Who do we have up next, Devon? Clark in San Mateo. Clark in San Mateo. What's up, Clark? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Hey, so, listen, I wanted to talk about uh, some of this free agency and draft stuff. Uh I, I'm a little skeptical about top-shelf guys. You know, I don't want to pay a markup for a J.C. Jackson or an Adams. Like, we have so many needs. What okay. if we can get Brandon Cooks or uh, Stephon Gilmore? You know, start filling all the holes instead of just one. I feel like we we might not want to go for that big name. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I appreciate the call. And I'll say this. I think that, you know, at some point you have to make a decision. You're either going to be a – uh, a, a guy that shops at the dollar store, you're going to go and shop at retail. You know what I mean? Like, you're either going to go make the, the the big splash or you're not. You know, and I get it. There's some holes to fill, um, and it's not going to be done overnight. You're not going to fix it all in one one off season. But, man, if you can go get someone that can help put your team over the top, why not? Why not treat yourself every once in a while? You know what I mean? Like, seriously, we could all go and get a Honda and feel like we got the most economic car in the in, in the planet, especially with gas prices going up. We can... We're, we're good. Or we could treat ourselves and go get something that we actually want. Spoken like somebody who drives a gas guzzler. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but that's fine. It's what I want. Treat yourself, yeah. I mean, it's what I want. It's one of the reasons I wake up in the morning because, hey, you know, I fill that thing up with gas. I mean, but that's, that's what I want. That pushes you. Sometimes you got to find things to, to push you. It's one of the things that pushes me. Every once in a while, I like to treat myself. So treat yourself. I don't always have to shop at the bargain store. 702-365-9200. Who we got up next? Max, right here in Vegas. Max, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Excuse me. I uh, was listening to you guys talk about Josh McDaniels and wanted to make a comment on what he said about Derek Carr. Um, I'll make an example. Uh, Q, if if I'm your manager, if I'm the boss of you and you're – and, and, and I'm coming in to work in your spot, and you've been there for a couple of years. People ask me, what do you think about Q? Are you keeping him? I 100% absolutely would say I love this guy. He is our man. We're talking negotiations right now as we speak. He's not going anywhere. Josh McDaniels didn't have that demeanor. He just not, he didn't sound like that. That's like a good you point. Guys said, like you guys said, he sounded like um, 
Yeah, sure. Like he better make sure he doesn't give a soundbite and just give a politically correct answer for right now. I think that's what he did. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. And uh, about the receivers, I think he hit it spot on. If you can't swing for the fences and get a Devontae Adams, then just just get the draft. Just just get a good receiver. And unless you get a good free agent, just right. go to the draft. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. And thank you. And that was a great example. That was a great example. And, and, and you're right. And you know, the funny thing is, when Matt Rule took over in Carolina, Cam Newton was his quarterback. He was asked about Cam Newton immediately. He said, Cam's going to be my quarterback. And guess what? He cut him. Now, of course, Carr's not going to get cut. But that's what happened. That absolutely happened in Carolina with Matt Rule and Cam Newton. So great call. Definitely appreciate that. Great feedback. Uh, when we come back, Brandon Cristal, KOA Colorado. He joined us yesterday to talk about the combine. He is back today. Can't wait to pick his brain. Some wide receiver talk, some Josh McDaniels talk. It's all coming up next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Raiders new head coach Josh McDaniels talked at the Scouting Combine. Dave Ziegler, the GM, has been talking at the Scouting Combine. There's a lot going on at the Combine right now. We've got to get some insight from our guy Brandon Chris Style here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And you can find Brandon on KOA Colorado on Twitter at BK Denver Sports. And Brandon, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you uh, as always, my man. And Josh McDaniels, he talked to the media today for about 13 or 14 minutes. We just played a clip that he he said to NFL Network where he said, absolutely, no doubt about it, that Derek Carr is going to be behind center uh, when the season starts. But we all know that that's, you know, talk in March. How much do you think that that could change if the right offer came his way? Well, I think that you have to keep all options on the table, and that's why it's funny to me when you hear the stories that Brian Gutekunst says no one's calling about Rodgers. Well, or rather, he's not taking any call. He hasn't taken any calls about Rodgers. If you don't never answer the phone, then you're not, you're technically not taking any calls. Does that mean people aren't ringing and ringing and ringing? Just like when I get a call about my car's limited warranty over and over, but I don't take it. My, 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 I still seem to be okay. Regardless, I'm just saying that. Right. Uh, um, I think Josh at least knows the the way he handled things in a lot of ways 13 years ago when he got to Denver and immediately did not vibe with Jay Cutler like from the second he got there that Derek Carr is beloved in Raider Nation he is so well liked in the locker room he's obviously been great in in the communities he's been in and he can make every throw that he is right now Josh's best option but let's say that the the Packers are open for business at some point it would be foolish of the Raiders not to be in the mix, right? right? To not just concede that, hey, let's let the Broncos go get them or let's let the Titans go get them or the Steelers. Like, the, the Raiders need to be in that mix. But I don't think any of these rookie quarterbacks are better than Derek Carr, certainly not better today. And and you saw some of those shows that, that Derek made in, in the playoffs against the Bengals and down the stretch of the season. He's elite. And look, I talk to J.C. DeBrick a lot, and, and he's a guy that I've known for a long, long time. And so whether I'm, I'm on his show or just bumping into him at the Super Bowl or whatever, and he's always talked to me about, you know, Derek Carr's what what he can and can't do. And so is Derek Carr one of the five best quarterbacks in football? No. Can you win with him every Sunday? A- absolutely. And and can he get you over that hump? I think so. Can he be what Matt Stafford is? But like is Derek Carr as good as Matt Stafford? I think if you, if that's a question that not a lot of people have posed, that does seem like a pretty easy talk radio or uh first take kind of topic. I think Derek Carr probably is close as good as Matt Stafford, right? He can make all the throws and in the right situation or with the right roster, right play caller around him. The Raiders could win a Super Bowl, and certainly where I live in Denver, Broncos fans don't want to hear it, and and the Chiefs and Chargers think they have better quarterbacks, and they they certainly have younger, talented quarterbacks. But but if I'm Josh, I'm that's what I'm saying until until something better comes along, and I don't think there are too many of those options. Maybe Russell Wilson falls into that category, but but I I don't know. I think that that Josh, because that was the one question that I asked him when he was on the podium. I said hi to him off to the side, but how how different just has the first month been? Right. Since when he took the job a year ago. And I thought he gave a pretty thoughtful answer. Um, and, and so he said that it's been a lot different because he, he just knows how to handle everything, including 
not alienating your franchise quarterback, which is what he did with Cutler right off, right off the get-go. Right. No, that was a great question as well. We, we've been uh, playing some of the sound bites from it, and that was a really good answer, a really detailed answer that he gave. So uh, hats off to you for asking that question. But, you know, it's funny you mentioned Matt Stafford and Derek Carr. Uh, this was one of the conversations I had before the season started. I kept saying, I don't think there's a lot of difference between Stafford and Carr. Matter of fact, I, in my opinion, just my opinion, I would take Carr over Stafford just because I don't think he had proven a whole lot now. You know, fast forward, he wins and goes and wins the Super Bowl, so he's got that. But honestly, Brandon, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference. I mean, when you look at the two quarterbacks outside of the Super Bowl win for Stafford, how much difference do you see? Uh, not much, and, and you could pull the numbers up faster than I could only because I'm roaming around as I'm t- talking to you here in the, <laughs> in the Indiana Convention Center. Uh, but Derek Carr, at least just I test, doesn't make as many mistakes. Now, he maybe doesn't take as many chances, and, and I've certainly seen some games where Derek Carr – has come into to mile high and and gets rid of the ball so quickly that Von Miller and company had no chance of getting near him. And, and it's not like he only does that in Denver when he's got a good pass rush coming. He's getting the ball out quick, but you know you go twenty two of twenty seven, but for two hundred and ten yards, it's not really impressing anyone. Right. And, and and so it'll be interesting to see what level Josh can take him to because I'm going to continue to say this. I know I mentioned it to you yesterday. Josh is a top five play caller, top four play caller. And so if he can get Derek to take the chances he needs to, Darren Waller's healthy. Obviously, they have to improve at the wide receiver position. We know about the tragedy involving rugs and what that means on and off the field, certainly more off the field. But they have to be looking at receiver, and if that's Devontae Adams via trade or, or whatever it may be, plus in this draft with all these young receivers. But, but to your point, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said it back in the, the summer because great minds clearly think alike. I, just, it, I feel like it hasn't been something that's been talked about a lot, but – but Derek Carr, and maybe it's because he doesn't take as many chances, but he doesn't turn the ball over as much, right? You, right. I mean, I don't know if you pulled the numbers up as, as we've been talking, but I'm sure Stafford has to have 50 or 100 you know, played longer. But way like the, the rate has to be higher. Yep. Uh, but also, I guess, the touchdown numbers are probably a little bit better and the yards are a little better, although Derek Carr's been great the last couple of years in terms of, in terms of racking up passing yards. So uh, if they can draft better, right, I think that the Raiders have missed on a lot of draft picks, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not telling you anything you don't know. And and Josh can get Derek and, and that offense to play the way he wants and, and feature those backs as well. They can be a really dangerous team. There's no reason to think that they won't be the team everyone's looking up at in the AFC West. I agree 100%. Great, uh, fantastic detail right there on, on that. I like it, man. We're talking with Brandon Cristal from KOA Colorado, uh, BK Denver Sports on Twitter. You can check him out. He's at the Combine. He's been at many, many Combines. Knows Josh McDaniels from his time in Denver. And obviously now McDaniels, the head coach of the Silver and Black. So you mentioned wide receivers, and I really wanted to kind of deep dive with uh, the wide receivers that are there at the Combine. Chris Olave out of Ohio State, Drake London, USC, Justin Ross, Clemson, Jamison Williams, Alabama. Out of those four guys right there, who do you think might fit best with what Josh McDaniels wants to do? Olave is the one that impresses me the most, and he did even going into the year. I think the, the quarterback kind of switch messed with him a little bit at Ohio State. Uh, but I, I like Olave and, and talking to people here today and, and you know being around him a little. The kid's impressive on, on and off the field. Now, could you make the case that Olave fits an Al Davis Raiders team for more, more than the Josh McDaniels? <laughs> right. more, may, maybe so. Uh but because of what you have with with Waller, who's such a dynamic weapon and and, and so unique that you, you know because you, you, you skipped the the Burks kid uh, in, in your group of four, right. who some people think might be the first receiver. But is he is he too similar to Waller? Even though Waller's a tight end, maybe so. Like, do you want someone that's just going to take the top off the defense and, and allow things to soften up for Waller, like like Ruggs did at times, whether he was getting the ball. Uh, more this year, but obviously before the the tragedy, or even later in the year last year, compared to early in the year last year, right mm-hmm. to soften things up. So, I, I, if if you told me who fits the best, I, I still think my answer is Olave, even if he's more of an Al Davis player than say a Mark Davis, Josh McDaniels player. So, and maybe I'm just partial to him from liking him going into the year and and then talking to scouts uh, about the position. Uh, you know, because his teammate Garrett Wilson's obviously a heck of a player too. But but I would. I'd probably, if I was in Vegas, I could go place the bet, which I know I can do legally in Colorado and Indiana. Uh, <laughs> but I, I would probably still bet on Olave uh, as being the guy I like the, the best, especially for what 
Josh's offense could look like. You know, I feel like he would be the guy to fit the bus as well if the Raiders were going to go dip into the draft and get a, cor- a wide receiver in round one. Uh, Drake London, he's a guy who gets a lot of pub, but he's a big, big dude, you know, and there's yeah. there's yeah. not a lot of history of really big dudes at the wide receiver position being studs. What what are your thoughts and what's the t- conversation around London right now? It's funny that you say that because the guy that Josh McDaniel drafted first in the second round or in his second draft, uh, you know, everyone points to Tim Tebow, but and and Drake London's bigger than that at, at six five. But jo, jo, and Josh never got along with Brandon Marshall. But I can think of some big receivers that have been pretty damn good. And and I was thinking of Demarius Thomas. Demarius is six three two thirty, but you know Drake London at six five two ten. He's a little leaner, but and and look, he's not Randy Moss. So let's not get too crazy. But <laughs> Randy Moss was six four, probably two hundred coming in out out of Marshall, right? So. Uh, Calvin Johnson's a guy six four six five. I get I'm I'm listing Hall of Famers and perennial Pro Bowl. All good, but 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 I'm pushing back a little at the idea that you big wide receivers ha- haven't had success. Now in recent years, it, it seems like that in between six five and and six foot, and even closer to six foot. What are you talking about? Like Odell Beckham or Steph Diggs or guys like that, Devonta Adams, that aren't monsters the way a Brandon Marshall or Andre Johnson or, or Demarius Thomas or Calvin or. Or, and Randy not as thick as those guys. Uh, but I don't think London, it's sort of this, this, the, the conversation we were having about Waller, I don't think he makes that much sense for what the Raiders need. Mm-hmm. But if he ends up being the receiver that's there when when their pick is up or if they end up trading back or, or whatever it may be, or he, he ends up being the guy they fit, Josh will figure out a way to get him open. The interesting thing is, other than guys like Randy Moss and, and even Wes Welker, obviously two different player types is how bad the the Patriots have been on receivers and everyone's going to get on Belichick because he has ultimate roster control and and the guys under him that have moved on like Nick Casario now Dave Ziegler but you got to think that someone like Josh McDaniels who's calling the offensive plays has weighed in on some of these draft picks like a Nikhil Harry and, and maybe not as much as, as they could and you probably have to get Josh in an honest moment to say yeah I really like that guy in the draft or I like this guy but Bill liked that guy and it's Bill's show that, but so I'm saying all that to say they haven't had prolific wide receivers in in the draft in in New England. But you go back, we can pick on Josh, the head coach in, in Denver, and, and everything that went wrong. He had final roster control from the get go. He did not ask for it, and and people that say that uh, are just wrong uh, because I know enough people on both sides of it that he didn't. They gave it to him because that's what Mike Shanahan had. But I mentioned Demarius Thomas. He took him in the first round. He took Tim Tebow, <laughs> uh, and I wanted him to take Des Bryant because, look, I didn't know enough about Demarius Thomas. I grew up in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I, I, you know, my whole family went to Texas. I'm a KU guy, and I'd watch Des Bryant dominate the Big Twelve. Yes, sir. Well, they take Demarius Thomas out of Georgia Tech, who had like eight touchdowns on go routes and just blocked, which turned out to be great when Tebow was in there. But the other pick they took, again, Josh helping, you know, with final say. I'm not saying he ran the draft. You know, he had GMs and assistant GMs, even though he had final say. Eric Decker in the third round, right? So we only have two drafts to go off of. And in the first three, took Sean Moreno and, and Robert Ayers in the first round. Both had nice careers. Neither lived up to the hype. But if you look at, at the top of the draft where Josh had a chance to take receivers, the two he took were Pro Bowl types, Ring of Fame types, certainly with, with the production that, that Demarius had in Denver. And, you know, on the outside looking in the Hall of Fame, but certainly Hall of Very Good. So I'd be encouraged that if... Josh and, and Dave are on the same page there, and, and Champ Kelly, who's you know the assistant GM and, and was around for those drafts in Denver as well, that that they do get it right at receiver, uh, even though they couldn't when Josh was in New England more times than not in, in terms of the top flight receivers. You find a Julian Edelman or Danny Amendola, that's great. Uh, West Lockley to sign Randy Moss, no brainer. But the, the draft picks have been bad right. <laughs> as receivers. I just don't know how much culpability Josh has, but I'd be encouraged just using that data point from 20, the, the 2009 draft. Right, absolutely. 2010, Again, 2010 draft, I'm sorry. You, hey, close enough. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> we know what you're going, going through right there. Uh, talking right now with Brandon Cristal, uh, KOA Colorado Radio, here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. My man, demond has got one for you. All right, Brandon, moving from one of the biggest wide receivers in this draft to probably the smallest, Calvin Austin the third, a good 5'7 with shoes. Like he, but is he someone that maybe he'll test, like if he he's predicted he may run the fastest 40. If he tests really well, do you think he's going to improve his draft stock? Because I think that in any team that gets him in the fourth round, 
third or fourth, they could get a steal. But do you think he might run so fast that maybe he can be a, an early second-round pick? Yeah, and that, I mean, that's a tricky thing, right? When you've got a guy that size, you say, how many different ways can I use him? And everyone, Raiders fans certainly know this, Broncos fans, Starters fans, everyone knows you're trying to find the next Tyree kill. But best mm-hmm. I can tell, there's still only one of those guys, right, for as, as fast as McCall Harbin is. Apparently those guys race all the time. I was talking to some Chiefs folks last night because I was like, did you guys ever, like, we saw that 140 that they ran in the field house there in Kansas City. I said, did anybody ever, like, do that with lasers? I'm like, I clocked it at 4-1, but that was doing it on my phone. Uh, and they said, those guys do that in the parking lot all the time. But looking looking for the next Tyreek Hill and finding the next Tyreek Hill are, are two different things. So there's there's a bunch of guys, you know, certainly Calvin Austin, uh, like you said, at 5'7", 173, he's a, a track guy, 4x1, four 4x4, four four, ran, you know, 60, all that, and and even posted a top speed at the Senior Bowl of 20.63 miles per hour. He's going to be up there, but then you've got one of the, the two Washington corners, because I, I know some scouts are like both those guys. Uh, the Gordon kid could could really turn heads. I know you asked just about Austin specifically, but McCollum, uh, Tariq Woolen out of UTSA, Kalen Barnes, a corner out of Baylor, and, and even... Danny Gray from SMU, who, who I really liked at the Senior Bowl a, a lot. He was clocked at 22.01. All those guys could run fast times, and here's what we do know. Fast times, whether it's the Raiders and Al Davis drafting you or the Bengals drafting John Ross, number one, no one ever gets mad, right, to the late, great John Madden speed kills, and, <laughs> right. and we know that you can never have enough of it. The guy that can take the top off the defense, get, the, get, the, get him the ball in space and let him go operate. I, I think teams are probably a little – Nervous about a guy that's that size, that's a wide that you can't line up in the backfield uh, very often, so then you're running a lot of jet sweep stuff with them. Uh, but if he, if he ends up posting the top 40 time, could he move up in the draft? Absolutely. And could he be a late first, early second? Uh, all it takes is one team that, that thinks they, they've got the, uh, enough special plays to, to figure out how to utilize a guy like that. But as much as we kind of pick on the combine for what it, it, it doesn't really tell you in terms of a football player's ability to perform – it's still cool. It's the same reason we all like watching the 100-meter dash. The guy that's the fastest guy in the world is still the coolest thing you can pretty much say, right? And the guy who's the fastest in the NFL or the fastest in a given year in that draft class, and, and certainly Tyreek Hill still, I think, even though it's unofficial, everyone will tell you is the fastest guy in the NFL. But watching these guys run, specifically the DBs, the wideouts, when there is a running back that's got top flight speed, that's still the most exciting part of the combine uh, for those couple days when you get to see them really get out and, and let it rip. Man, great stuff. Really, really good stuff. There's so many different questions I have about so many other wide receivers that I want to dive into. I know we're running out of time, so I'll save some of that for tomorrow. But, Brandon, before I let you go, you mentioned uh, talking to some folks last night. What was, in your opinion, last night's hot topic around Indy? The hot topic around Indy, and I think this will be uh, fun to kick around in general as we just see the evolution of college sports. But we know that the Combine's likely moving out of Indy at least temporarily. It'll go to L.A. maybe as early as next year. They're letting cities bid on it. Mm-hmm. The things that are great about the Combine are things that have nothing to do with the TV product. It's the ability to hang out in hotel lobbies and, and, and local bars and, and talk to coaches and execs and, and up-and-coming guys that you never know a guy you're talking to in three years maybe a GM or a coach. And, it's, right. and it can happen that quick for some of these guys when they get touched by the right, the right staff and mostly Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan <laughs> at right. this point. Uh, right? But so... Uh, that changing will suck. But the TV product also may suffer in, in the coming years because before these guys need these jobs to be able to help their family, and I don't mean generational wealth. I just mean to get out of poverty or to pay bills or to handle some debt, right? So the quicker they can get a little bit of money in their pocket from an agent and just make things a little easier on, on the, those closest to them. So this was a means to an end. Well, you're going to have full-blown millionaires coming out in the draft in, in the next coming years, and guys with thousands of dollars in the bank that have helped their parents settle debts, and, and everyone's all good because of what the NIL is going to provide. So why do I need to go do something if my agent says, you know what, you don't really need to do that, or if I'm Bryce Young and I'm coming out, or C.J. Stroud, yes, I want to compete, but you know what, a team's going to draft me. They saw me play at Ohio State. They saw me play at Alabama. I've got $3 million. I don't need to go to Indy. Mm. You, you, can, you can come to me. Right. And... <laughs> And you can test me if you want to test me. You can draft me if you want to draft me. And so I think that's, that was an interesting conversation. I was having a, with a few different people, some former players that I was around, and some guys that work in the coaching staff um, for various teams and even a couple of personnel guys, that the NIL 
is going to it's going to change. I think the landscape of sports, certainly at the college level, but at stuff like this, where guys they just don't need this, right? Right? They don't need to be poked and prodded and talk to media if they don't want to, because they've got three million dollars or five hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars, right? Right. And that's been that's been it before. We'll see the same thing in basketball too. Absolutely, we'll see it in basketball where you've only got two rounds in a draft anyway. So I think that that was something because the Rogers stuff had kind of. I don't say fizzled, but simmered down a little last night. Yeah. So th- that was what that was kind of a, a more interesting conversation because it's, it's abstract right now, but there's no reason to think that it, it won't go down like that. It's a good conversation. It really is. And, and you know, you make the case, especially for the ones that are the top tiers, uh, they're right. They don't need uh, the combine anymore. They've already got their money in the bank. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. I really had never thought about it uh, from that point of view. So a uh, good one right there. Again, Brandon Cristal is our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness. You can find him on KOA Colorado and uh, on Twitter at BK Denver Sports here with us talking and checking in from the combine. Brandon, great stuff as always, man. Uh, definitely appreciate you, and we look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Sounds good, Q. I really appreciate it, and uh, we'll we'll chat with you then. Absolutely. There he goes. Brandon Cristal, fantastic stuff, man. Great breakdown. Lots of good breakdown right there. We could have talked another 30 minutes, no doubt. And DeMond would have looked at me and said, uh-uh, I'm going to cut your mic off. I'm going to cut it off right now. 2.47 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close out hour number one. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Oh, man. DeMond has got some foolishness going on on Twitter. What happens is I start the show and I don't pay attention to Twitter like that immediately. But when there's a commercial break, I get a chance to go back and look. So apparently Fargo Raider, and we'll go to him in a quick minute, waiting patiently on the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. As we close out hour number one here of Unnecessary Roughness. Fargo Raider made a tweet, said... Giving us props. Hey, the dynamic duo is back. Your boy Q and Damon. And he had me as Batman. And he had Damon as Robin. Well, Damon don't want to be the side guy at all. But he is. But that's okay. So he said, why I got to be Batman? Or why can't I be Batman? Why Q got to be Batman? So Fargo Raider switched it up. And so Damon said, see, I look more like Batman than Q. Which is okay. That's fine. But he set me up for what I want to say next. But my go-to guy is not alive, so I can't, I can't really I say that. I feel some hating about to come out. No, way. it wasn't hate, but I immediately went to Gary Coleman's page because I was going to say, you don't look like Batman or Robin. You look more like Gary Coleman. But I don't want to do Gary Coleman like that. You just did. No, I didn't because I didn't tweet it out. I was going to tweet it out. I was going to say, no, you look more like this. And I was going to tweet it out with a picture of Gary Coleman, but I don't want to do Gary Coleman like that because Different Strokes was one of my shows back in the day. And I don't want to, you know, you don't really look like Webster, but you get where I'm going with this. <laughs> and then we also had someone tweet in, three-point contest for Batman. That's fine. What you say? Oh, and I say all day, every day. You don't want these problems. I, I, I don't need, I don't have no problems. You don't want these problems. There will be no problem with me and you on the hoop court. You might not even make the graphic if it's that kind of contest. Look, dog, I'll even give you the ball first. He said three-point contest. That's what I'm saying. I'll we let you, you got, go first. We just got to shoot that thing. I'll let, exactly. You can go first. So I know exactly how many I, I, I need to make because I'm not even going to, I'm going to be like Richard Sherman. Remember when Richard Sherman was bored because nobody would throw the ball his way and he, he made that while he was out there on the field. He said, <sighs> like he's bored. That's what I'm going to do when I'm playing you in the three point contest because I know you're not. You'll barely draw rim. Okay. So I, I'm going to be it, bored. It'll, bo- it'll be like more like when that episode of Fresh Prince when Uncle Phil broke out Lucille <laughs> his pool stick and he didn't leave a shot on the table because it wasn't it's just who's playing for second place. It'll be like Larry Bird in the three point contest. Okay. So you're gonna be like you're gonna be like Tiger in his prime. Everyone else is playing for second. Exactly. You're just gonna be looking. You're gonna watch him drop like oh that's one. Okay. That's another. Oh. And then I'm just be like, so what you got? You so be- I better go first is what you're saying? You better. Okay, I'll go first. Then. If you want a chance. No, I'll go first. That's fine. I'll go first. That's cool. Because once you see me drain no, everyone, you're going to be first. like. No, it's cool. I'll go first. You're going to be like. I'll go first. He is no, Batman. No, I'll go first. I've told you. I'll go, I'll go first. It's just, like the, it's just like the race in the parking lot. I'll go first and I'll finish. Where you didn't even finish the race. DeMond still ain't. I didn't want to. DeMond still hasn't, hasn't, hasn't crossed the finish line. And it wasn't a long race. It was literally from one spot to the next. 
DeMond still hasn't crossed the finish line. Never got there. Hold on, you know what? I got a DM, too. Good. He was going to embarrass himself today. Yeah, he is. He was not going to get I don't embarrassed. Know what he meant. I don't even know what he meant by that. I don't but even care. Yeah. I don't even mind. Doesn't matter. Trying to come toe-to-toe with the great one. <laughs> well, we know that we're not going to be toe. We might. That's the only thing that might match up <laughs> is our toes. <laughs> that might be the only thing that match up is our toes. Because they're planted on the ground, brother. After that, it's a wrap. Let's go out to Fargo Raider. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, Q and Demon, thank you for taking my call. What you talking about, Q? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, you know, I'm one of the people. I want to please everybody. So, so, you know? I hear you. Like they said, though, you got you guys can shoot it out for that one. Oh, I got that. Uh, as, far, as far as the wide receiver conversation, I'm going to say uh, – I say go after the guy that you know is gonna is gonna do the job. You know, like you said, the game changer, the guy who's gonna make sure the team, you know, succeeds. We could go out in the draft and get one of these guys. Everybody says it's a stud, but we all seen how that works out for us. I'm hella skeptical <laughs> for the draft when it comes to the Raiders in the first two picks, right? Because it's been a crapshoot, and that's even you know being generous, right? You know, and as far as the, how do we feel about Zeke? Did you say hold on? I don't <laughs> you know okay? how we feel about that guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, Thank you. You guys have a good one. All right, brother. <laughs> he had some something was going on. <laughs> Thought we was gonna have to put out like call the police embargo. Hold up, dog. Hold up. In trouble. Hold on, hold on. Hey, look, man, I'm trying to talk to Q and the mod on the radio. Oh, okay. You want these you want these hands? Okay. Like it almost got real for Fargo Raider right there. Yeah, no, no. I I'm, I was saying about Zig. Anywho, yeah, that, thank you for taking my call because I gotta handle some other things over here. How about uh, Juice Almighty eighty nine? Hit us up on the Salmon Ass text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. I think we shouldn't go for Adams. As awesome as that'd be, I think the cap space could be spent elsewhere. Draft a wideout, maybe sign a free agent with good caliber. Zay Jones is going to turn some heads this year. But you're, that's what I'm saying. That, that's why I said if you're not going to go after the big fish, then just just focus on the draft when it comes to the wide receiver. Don't don't go get another Zay Jones. Don't go get another Tyrell Williams. Don't go get another Nelson, Nelson Aguilar. If you're going to go get a guy, get a guy that's a, a, a difference maker, a game changer. That's my point. If you, if you want to focus in on the draft and get a wide receiver that you think is, can be that game changer, great. Go do that. I'm, I'm, I'm all aboard with that. I'll back it up 100%. But don't settle. You know? Like, if you want J-Lo, go get J-Lo. You know what I'm saying? Or at least try. Shoot for J-Lo, and if you can get her, great. If you can't, well, then so be it. It happens. 258 is the time. We'll come back, kick off hour number two. It'll be cover three. NFL news and notes, plus we'll take your calls and texts. If you have a couple, we'll hit them up, and then we'll get into the news and, and notes of the day. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.